Welcome to Connections SLC Live from the 2022 America's Society Leadership Conference in Boston. I'm your host, Lauren McAdams, Senior Director of Society Relations. In this episode, we're speaking with Paul Moody. Paul, it's so great to have you here. Good morning, Lauren. It's fantastic to be here at the SLC here in Boston today. Great. We've had a, a great couple of days here, and I know you're new to CFA Institute. Can you introduce yourself and give us a little bit of your background? Of course. And uh, I, I am relatively new. I've been here for six months now, although it feels much longer. Um, prior, prior to joining the CFA Institute, I was 22 years working in the asset management industry, uh, more latterly looking after an insurance book of clients, a global book, uh, with a client team and solutions team responsible for delivering uh, insurance solutions. And I'm a self-confessed passionate about ESG, as you know, and I started my career in asset management of launching the first ESG fund in the UK. And the last piece of work I did in terms of my role looking after that insurance group was plotting, uh, plotting the pathways to net zero across that, across that. So, so a lot of the experience I bring, I think, has a direct relevance in terms of listening to clients, delivering solutions, and indeed my passion around all things to do with sustainability plays very nicely into what we're trying to do as a group at the moment. Yeah. Well, in just the few short months that I've known you, you've really shaken up our division, including giving us a new name, Global Partnerships and Client Solutions. Why was that change necessary? Well, partly, what, what we did, we brought together all the client teams, so the EMEA region, the APAC region, uh, and the Americas region. Uh, in addition, we brought together marketing and client experience and society relations. So apart from anything else, I couldn't fit that all on my one business card. Uh, but, but being serious about this, it, I think the name truly reflects what we do. Initially, I wanted to call the team the Global Client Solutions Team, but it was actually Randy who said, look, we've got all these partners, and we do. We have the corporate partners, we have the university partners, and perhaps most importantly, we have the societies uh, as, a, as a huge partner and extension of the mission and the work we're trying to do together. Absolutely, yes, and I certainly think partnership has been a key theme of this conference, uh, particularly as we think about the topic of relevance. Uh, this is a critical priority for our society stakeholders, for candidates, for members as well. How would you assess our current level of relevance and what's your team's approach to increase and secure our relevance moving forward? I mean, our, our relevance is not at risk. We are still the gold standard in terms of uh, financial qualifications in the asset management industry and more broadly. But there's no room for complacency. And we've seen this with the pandemic. I mean, particularly the vulnerability to a huge amount of our growth coming from the markets, sort of China and India. And so to ensure our relevance, we need to respond. We need to listen to our customers. We need to be obsessed by our customers' need. And what is it the employers are looking at from candidates? What are the candidates looking to learn? Uh, and make sure we continue to evolve our offerings. And that's why we've been looking at the CFA program to make sure we reflect the needs of employers uh, and we're listening and we're changing. This is evolution, it's not revolution, and this is constant and will remain constant. It's not a one-off uh, piece of work. In parallel with that, we've been developing the professional learning courses um, to supplement so people can 
upskill, reskill, and um, build upon their expertise in specific areas from data science to decentralized finance. Um, and you can see as well with the certificates, there's a real demand for these shorter type of certificates. Um, the ESG certificate has been a phenomenal success and I'm hugely excited that next year we'll be relaunching uh, a number of, well, first of all, relaunching the investment foundations and we are seeing enormous demand for that already when we talk to our customers and we're going to do it in a much more modern, better learning format and excited to see the other new certificates, data science and climate, uh, come to the fore as well. When you put that together, it allows us to respond to different groups, make sure we can provide what they need in a more tailored solution fashion. Uh, and I think that's what relevance means to me. Yeah. Yep. We've uh, talked a lot at this conference about the voice of customer and customer experience, and we will have Tom Barry, our new chief marketing officer, on a later episode of this podcast. Um, I want to shift a little bit and talk about what uh, the terms like customer, market needs, and revenue generation, um, they can be more likely to invoke corporation and financial institution uh, more so than a mission-driven nonprofit organization. In your view, how do profit and purpose intersect? A great question. So for me, profit and purpose are symbiotic. We don't have a magic money tree to provide our revenue. We don't have an endowment. So it's, but we're absolutely passionate and completely driven by our mission. Every single thing we do and every single thing we will do in the future will be driven by our mission. But actually, we need to ensure that we generate revenue so that we can invest in our non-revenue generating activities as, as well. I mean, specifically to work across research, advocacy and standards. Essentially, that's what we do with our dividend. We don't pay any money back to any shareholders because of our organizational structure we can reinvest all that money into furthering our mission but actually the approach we're taking in terms of the courses we're developing to advance the industry are completely aligned with our mission as well so I, I don't see any conflict in the approach we're taking and I'm very comfortable talking about um, terms such as revenue and cost because that's what may enable us to become a sustainable organization and in 75 years time achieved even more than we have done over the last 75 years. Yeah. Yep. Um, just closing out here, uh, we've mentioned a few things about our research advocacy standards group. Um, we're going to be talking about the DEI code, but of course ESG has been a big theme for CFA Institute. Uh, based on what you've seen, um, what, do you, what are you hearing from the market and what are they interested in knowing more from CFA Institute on this topic? A great, great question but before we walk past DEI I just want to mention the huge success we've had here uh, in the Americas in Canada and the US where you've already had 40 signatures to the code this this way surpasses our sort of wildest expectations and I think it's a great opportunity to build partnerships and it, it links very much to the point that we celebrate signing up to the DEI code or the ESG codes or any of our other codes in the same way as we would do a bulk purchase sale. And and I think the two things are very mutually support each other uh, and establish our credentials in a way other organizations can't. Coming back to your question specifically about ESG, 
I want us to be famous and own that space. I believe it's completely aligned with our mission for the betterment of society because if you look at the challenges facing the world of social inequality and climate catastrophe, trying to do our small part to influence and make that more positive is something we should be doing and they're incredibly relevant to the investment industry. We're not trying to pass a moral judgment on this, but for example around climate, physical risk, transition risk, a real risk that come to the fore and actually impact the valuation of stocks and shares. So by actually looking at models and teaching people how to apply uh, that learning in a consistent way, we can send a consistent message to the market. We can be consistent with fiduciary duties, but we can also influence change in a positive way. So I, I think we are just starting to scratch the surface here, and we're already established as the leader in terms of education for ESG, with the ESG certificate, but as we add the climate certificate, as we add more professional learning courses, and as we start to build in terms of the sustainability offerings we can bring to the market, I, I, I see a great growth opportunity because sadly, Lord, neither social inequality nor climate is going to be solved in our lifetimes. And so, so no, I, I, I'm really excited about the work there and I think it's wholly consistent with what we're doing. We've had some interesting conversations here in North America because people are very divided when you use the term ESG. It's much more universally accepted in EMEA or even APAC. Uh, but I think those voices are valid too. We need to give that group a, a, a voice. And we, But when you bring it back down to the fundamentals of investing and you take away any kind of moral judgment or any proclamations of what people should or shouldn't be doing, I find you get a receptive audience pretty much from everybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly the SLC has been a great place to gather um, feedback from society leaders in person, but there are many other avenues for societies to share the voice of the customer um, with CFA Institute, including reaching out to your society relations manager, joining any webinars we have with our region on different topics. Um, we really want to hear, hear from all of you. Um, so, Paul, I want to thank you. In just six months, we've accomplished quite a lot and, and shaken things up and uh, look forward to see what's coming out of the next six months. Thanks for joining us. Brilliant. Thank you, Lauren.